Good morning. Acts chapter 8, story about the Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 26 and 27, he said, Rise and go toward the south of the road, and it's a desert place. So it's an unlikely place to be sent out, but Philip rose and went. And to an unlikely person doing an unlikely thing, it just gets curiouser and curiouser. Ethiopian eunuch, a court official to the queen, and returning from Jerusalem, reading the prophet Isaiah and a Gentile royal official. So I think maybe um, Philip didn't realize immediately that this was the man the angel of the Lord sent him for, for because the spirit had to tell Philip, go over and join this chariot. And why wouldn't he think that? Because perhaps Philip was waiting for this whole procession of chariot to pass by and keep think, going to search for the man that the angel actually sent him to. But the spirit was telling him, this is the man he was sent for. And I think it could have missed him altogether only because I think I can see myself doing that. Uh, you know, thinking, oh, this, okay, uh, this chariot's coming, pomp and circumstance, these official, okay, let me wait till he passes and then look for the one that I'm sent for. But no, right? he was obedient. Uh, verse 30, Philip ran to him because the Spirit said, go over and join this chariot. So he was a man of obedience who could turn on the spot, who pivoted very quickly to receive the Spirit's prompting. So um, must have been like, intimidating running toward a chariot like running toward a main motorcade in a procession surrounded by guards and security you don't just ride a chariot by yourself always surrounded by horsemen and guards so only after he ran to him he was able to hear the main man reading isaiah the prophet out loud he could not tell initially you know because there would be too much noise and things so only after running toward that to toward that person and do we get to hear him so, you know, it's a lesson here is we need to move toward people first in order to hear them, know what it is that they're truly doing. And then he knew what to do. Um, this was a seeker. And the evangelist in Philip just kicked in, you know, do you understand what you are reading? So wise and perceptive of Philip to ask this. Why? Because how many people actually understand what they're reading, what they're hearing? You know, it's so true. Many church kids, including myself, professing Christians, do not understand the Bible or the messages. It needs to be explained. So verse 31, how can I, unless someone guides me? He knew he needed someone to guide him. He was reading without understanding. So word of God is living and active and can convict and speak directly by the Spirit at any time. That's true. However, still, um, it needs to be explained and guided to understand um, and need teachers. So Jesus repeatedly taught the word of God to the crowds and exhorts us to do the same. So there's an echo of Romans 10, 14 here, where how are they to hear without someone preaching? So again, the importance of going out there, going toward people that are intimidating, reminds me of what we're trying to do with church planting with the Ivy League fortresses. We need to run toward them because there are people who are waiting for someone to guide them. Verse 32 According from Isaiah 53, 7-8 about the serving, suffering servant, the prophesied Messiah. So what was Jesus like? Did we need to pause and go over the characteristics of Jesus? Lamb led to a slaughter, silent, not defensive, humiliated, denied justice, no family or children after him to carry his name, life taken away from earth, died, killed early, Jesus, who had been recently crucified and res resurrected. So verse 34, 
He was curious, about whom, I ask you, does the prophet say? Curiosity, who is this, shows a genuine seeking heart, though he himself may not have been aware of how much. Then verse 35, uh, Philip shared the good news about Jesus, explained it all, repent and receive forgiveness, that Jesus atoned for our sins, resurrected, gives salvation for all who believe, even Gentiles, even you, a eunuch. I can just kind of see that. Sharing this good news, it's for you. Verse 36, they came to some water. Again, unlikely on a desert road, but God provided water. And and the eunuch, uh, man of high position, man of much accomplishment, responded with that kind of simple, childlike, immediate, uncomplicated joy and obedience. What prevents me from being baptized? No self-consciousness, but wanting to respond and be baptized. So quick to notice and take that opportunity. And that testified to his conversion, faith, and community. So, and it's a beautiful, humble, childlike picture of responding to the good news about Jesus. So verse 39, soon, and then what happened was soon, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away to another location. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. The eunuch saw him no more. So kind of abrupt ending to this beautiful story. There, there's no like, prolonged uh you know fellowship right so there he's gone so i think sometimes the person that led us to that crucial moment of salvation is no longer around us and we don't see them anymore and whether it's because they answered called answered another call to go to another place to share the gospel or whatever reason that may be we see them no more but the gospel we received and the salvation decision we have made the profession of faith we declared is all true and long-lasting, regardless of the person through whom it was given, because it was before Jesus. It's to Jesus. And that gives us perspective. First of all, it's not really about the person in the long run who shared it, really. Reminds me of 1 Corinthians when Apostle Paul said he planted Apollo's water, but the Lord gave the growth. We are all in this together. We are all one in this work of salvation. Our faith and source of rejoicing has to always be grounded in the good news of Jesus, and not based on the person necessarily who shared it with me. Yes, we're connected to them and are grateful, but our focus is to seek and save the lost, as Jesus said in Luke 19. So thinking about our church planting and people who will be going away, though we're sad not to be together and it's a cost to pay relationally, we can come back to the joy of salvation and go our way rejoicing and sharing this good news wherever we are.